Welcome to Paradigms at Paradigms.life. Hi, this is Baruch, your host on Paradigms. Happy to be here with you. As always, bringing you inspired, inspiring people with visions of a viable future for life on Earth that includes humans. In this episode of Paradigms, we'll be meeting filmmaker Roy T. Anderson and learning about his brand new film that's going to premiere at the United Nations on October 19th. The film is Queen Nanny, Legendary Maroon Chieftainess, and it's about Nanny of the Maroons, who you probably have never heard of. Nanny is an amazing historical figure. We'll learn about her and her role in Jamaican culture. We'll also hear about how Roy made the film, what brought him to make it, and hear about the screening that's going to take place at the UN later this month. We'll also meet Gloria Sims, also known as Mama G, who was installed as the Gamang of all the Maroons in 2014 in Suriname, and she'll tell us what that means and what her work is as Gamang. The interviews are very interesting, and we'll be hearing lots of really great music from the Uprising Roots, which is a fantastic reggae band out of Kingston, Jamaica. And that's the episode. I hope you'll enjoy it. Definitely stay tuned and listen to Roy and Mama G and the great music and learning about the film. So let's get right into it. Here's the first part of my conversation with Roy T. Anderson. Roy Anderson, welcome to Paradigms. Thanks for having me. You've just made this beautiful film. Would you please tell us about it? Uh, it's all in the title. Queen Nanny, Legendary Maroon Chieftainess. Some people may bill it as a, as a propaganda piece, but for me, it's, it, it's telling the story of our only um, female national heroine in Jamaica and, and just all the great and, and wonderful things that she was able to accomplish. Let me just get it out right, out of, right away, out of the gate. You know, people look at her and say, well, this person is not real. This person is mythical. Matter of fact, even when they were deliberating on making her a national hero in, in the mid-70s, there was actually um, a faction that felt that to honor such a person who they thought was not real would bring ridicule to Jamaica. Huh. Yes. So I really got to say thank you to um, scholars like Kamal Braithwaite, whose hard work and dedication with his research and also speaking with the Maroons really gave life to this living, breathing person who is Nanny of the Maroons. I'll try to bring out a lot of that in the film. From the test reading that I had recently, you know, a lot of people, you know, were expecting more historical information from me. But really and truly and honestly, I, I can't give that to them because Nanny, as a historical person, has only been mentioned four times in the archives. So a lot of what we do know about her is through the oral traditions, and it's really the Maroons that know her story that formed the base of my film. I've seen the film, and I really enjoyed it, and it seems to me that we have dismissed oral traditions in terms of validity prematurely. Yes. Oral traditions are as legitimate as written traditions, and in fact, sometimes actually more so because 
oral traditions are kept by the group, and a written tradition yeah. is often written by one person. Right, and if you look at the written tradition, as a base, it starts with someone telling a story, which is then transcribed onto a page, is it not? Yes, exactly. So from what I could tell from the folks in the film, Nanny's real. She's a historical figure. Absolutely, 100%. So we proceed from there, and then her story is just so inspiring, so life-affirming. Yes, yes. Any female, let's just start there watching this film. It does not matter, you know, what their culture is, what their background is. I think they will take inspiration from this film. Here you are, you have a woman who at a time when it was not expected, leading men, not just men, but leading her people. Unheard of. Unheard of. And, and an African woman at that. They'll draw inspiration from that. And in the film, you go into some of the historical other African chieftainesses from whom Nanny drew strength. This is a real tradition. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, we talk about Queen Njinga from uh, the Portuguese Angola. She came before Nanny, right? So, and then we also have Ya Santua, who also, in that same tradition of African warrior woman, she came after Nanny, almost uh, just under 200 years later. So, you know, we have this rich tradition of African woman, African-derived woman, just this sense of independence and, and just the leadership qualities, you know, that they exude. I mean, even here in the U.S., Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, the, the list goes on. And if you look at some of the effects of colonialism and slavery in the U.S., yes. women were forced to be the leaders in their families and in their communities because the men were so beaten down yes. by the slavers. Yes, and, and I really think the community drew strength from someone who was not only a nurturer, but was also a, a protector, a provider for her people, for her children made sure that they survive under such harsh and brutal conditions. There's someone, uh, I can't remember which person in the film, towards the end, and you're showing footage of people in Jamaica, women, and the woman is saying that she sees Nanny in every Jamaican woman. It made me want every Jamaican woman to see the film so they would see Nanny in themselves. Absolutely. You know, that's Minister of Parliament uh, Olivia Babsy Grange making that comment. And you're so true. You're so right. Because if you look at, you know, a woman today, and we look at a few examples uh, in the film, look at someone like Shelly Ann Fraser-Price, two-time Olympic champion, three-time world champion, and, and just the qualities that she exude. She can just, you know, rest on her laurels, but she decides to go back into the community and help. Yeah. And not just to her community, to the wider community through a um, foundation that she has called the Pocket Rocket Foundations, where she, you know, trying to help youngsters to seek higher education where they might not be able to otherwise afford that. Now, that's some great qualities right there. Sure is. And she's in the film and just loved watching her and listening to her. She's had such a bubbly personality. You cannot fall in love with her. She's awesome. That was the first part of my conversation with Roy T. Anderson about the film he's just made, Queen Nanny, legendary Maroon chieftainess. I love it that he got started by exploring his own, his own Maroon heritage and that that is what drew him into this. Here's a song from the Uprising Roots called Time. You're listening to Paradigms at paradigms.life.
Uprising Roots with their song, Time. And now here's the second part of my conversation with filmmaker Roy T. Anderson about his new film, Queen Nanny, Legendary Maroon Chieftainess. One of the things that I think, and I feel like there's so much to talk about, but, you know, Jamaica is this little country. It has a reputation. People have heard of it. A lot of people go there, but most people never go to Jamaica and don't know much about Jamaica. But really, it's a very unique place 
with a very unique culture and a very unique response to colonialism. The shame about Jamaica is that when you tell people about it, they think about Bob Marley, they think about rum, they think about the beautiful beaches, and I think that's where it stops. But Jamaica is much, much more than that. It's such a multi-layered society. I mean, it's just rich in culture, in history. I mean, talk about the resilience of these people here and what they had to undergo and the stories that came out of it. Such heroic tales. And what brought you to make the film? Great question. I think it started with me wanting to find out my place in this world. Well, you know, when I made my first film, which, as a matter of fact, didn't really start out as a a history on the Jamaican Maroons. This was just me, as I said, trying to find my roots. But then as I researched more and more and and got to uh, know about the exploits of what my people did, Maroons, I said, you know what? This thing should not stay on the pages of history or or textbooks because, you know, these works are not very accessible. For it to really get to the lay audience and, and, and to the masses who are more visual, I said, you know what? This deserves a big screen treatment. And that's when I decided to do um, my first feature film, which is called A Quant Through the Journey. And, and basically, to a smaller extent, it's my journey searching for my roots, but more or less, it's uh, telling of a significant history of the Maroons of Jamaica. And from that, I didn't know that I gave life to a, to a series, which I've later called the Maroon Experience Series in the New Worlds, you know, because everywhere, you know, there is slavery, you know, there was resistance. And I felt these stories got to be told. Uh, as long as I have breath, I'll, I'll try and tell these stories. So Nanny was an outgrowth of my first film, Quantu. I wanted to focus on one of the main characters in the resistance movement in Jamaica, and, and, and that's Queen Nanny. That's what this film is all about. So it's, it's the second in the series of, in my uh, Maroon Experience series. The Maroon story, stories, offers a lot to people today who are dealing with a different kind of colonialism, corporate colonialism, I guess we could call it, uh, that's, you know, seeking to extract everything from the planet and, you know, is okay with destroying life everywhere it goes. So right now, the story in this film, I felt like it, it applies today as much as it did hundreds of years ago. It's universal, yes, and it's very contemporary. So this is you discovering your roots and bringing these stories to others. What has been your journey through this? Certainly a, a deeper appreciation of where I've come from. It gives greater salience, especially to, to where I am in, in this world at this moment in time. I gain a lot of strength from them. A lot of people you know, will look at the Maroons or people like them anywhere in this world and just you know, look at them as an afterthought. Oh, there's these people up in the hills, you know, they, they dress up in green bushes, they do all these weird things like, you know, spew out rum, and, and they practice all these activities of the occult and so forth. But, I mean, I, I can't deny where I come from, and, and this is part, even, you know, as a, as a Christian, I have to respect that. It's part of my culture. You know, it's part of the African tradition. It's part of our DNA. It's part of my DNA, right? So I would say the one word that's, that can describe this whole experience for me is just respectful of this tradition, this African tradition. You know, we talk about the, the intangible maroon culture. I mean, it's not something you can touch or, 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 or feel it. But, you know, that's like the spirit of Nanny. It's all around them. It's all around us as, as maroons. And, 
and they gather strength from that. If even if you look at you know some of the stories and some of the folk tales about Nanny, just even thinking about that, I, I, people you know gather strength from that. You know, if she was able to do that, well, Jews, geez, you know what I'm going through right now is nothing, right? In the film, you uh, juxtapose footage of contemporary people dancing, singing, you know, being together with footage of of Mama G as Nanny in the woods, in the bush, and other people. And I thought it was a really interesting way to bring the past and the present together. I'm glad you brought that up. And, and um, you know, from the test screening, some folks were confused. And I think part of that might have been my fault. You know, they might be looking at the Mama G character as a historical persona that is Danny. And, you know, maybe I do have to, you know, put on screen, this is an actor portrayal. But, you know, I see Mama G as a, as a 21st century reincarnation of Nanny herself. And just, I think it was just a, a stroke of luck for me to be able to be introduced to her and have her play this character, um, Nanny, which I, I believe that she captured her very essence. And as you'll see in the film, she doesn't say a word, but just her mere presence speaks volumes. Interesting people would find that confusing. I think that means it worked. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> Roy's excitement at getting deeper into his own roots was really wonderful to encounter in the interview, talking with him about it, his passion. Here's some more music from the Uprising Roots. This one's called Trench Town. You keep the world rocking 
Uprising Roots with their song Trenchtown, and now we're going to hear the third and final part of my conversation with Roy T. Anderson about his new film, Queen Nanny, Legendary Maroon Chieftainess, and then we'll be back with some music, and then we'll hear from Gloria Sims, Mama G, the gamang of the Maroons. I have one friend who is a nanny Maroon, and he he grew up in Moortown. He lives in the uh, west part of the island now, but he's told me stories about his growing up, and he's a bush doctor, and all the medicine, and his learning about the medicine from his uncle, and it's an amazing community up there, and it's small, and it's tight. People know each other. It's 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 community in the old-fashioned sense of the word, where people really depend on each other. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's the, probably the oldest form of community watchdog, right? Yep. You know, if you look about, you know, into these communities uh, and the crime rate, it's pretty much, it's non-existent. And I think that has to do with the respect that they have for one another, the commonality, the shared experience. I think when people lose touch with their history, they they become unmoored in a way. And that's when the craziness sets in. That's why, you know, stories like these are very important. Because as Marcus Garvey says, if you don't know where you're coming from, well, then you're not going to know where you're going. And I think if you can draw from that, you know, that can give you more sense of, well, number one, pride in yourself and, and respect for others and their property, which will certainly help to bring down the crime rate. What happens next with the film? We're looking forward to um, the world premiere of the film, and this will take place October 19th at the United Nations headquarters in New York. A lot of people might look and say, why, why the UN? Great question. I have a relationship with the UN that I just started a couple of years ago where they screened my first film, Quanta the Journey. 
This was screened as part of their Remember Slavery program. And I really love what they're doing there, you know, especially with that committee, which is chaired by the Jamaican ambassador to the UN. It's right in the title, Remember Slavery. We should never forget and learn from the deep pages of our history. I know a lot of people want to forget that all this happened. That, that would be a tragedy. We really can learn from it. And, you know, really hats off to the Jamaica Mission and all the other folks who are on the committee. You know, earlier this year, they unveiled a permanent memorial to slavery at the UN. Uh, I was so happy that they did that. And so here we are. I figured that would be a perfect platform to position this film, Queen Manny, of which this year that the Remember Slavery Committee has as its theme, women and slavery. And we're going to celebrate Manny, you know, at the United Nations. It seems like the perfect place because this film is not just an entertainment. No, it's not. It's really um, offering inspiration to the world, you know, related to what we're dealing with now. I'm grateful because if you look at an institution like the UN, they have the infrastructure in place, such as the information centers around the world. And, you know, they have member uh, agencies such as UNESCO. They also have offices around the world. And as part of their educational outreach, they want to be able to tell stories like these because, as you said, I mean, it can serve to educate, uh, it can serve to inform, and it can serve to um, inspire. That's what it's all about. Yeah. This film actually really can speak to everyone. I, I hope it gets a very wide audience. I hope so, too, myself. You know, we're planning to have uh, the Jamaican premiere that same week, Heroes Week, in, Jamaica, uh, in Kingston. October 23rd. And then from there, you know, you know, we'll see what happens. I certainly want to try and approach several broadcasters, especially National Geographic, among others. I know that they have a special on World Heritage Sites. And now that the Blue and Jonco Mountain has been declared a World Heritage Site, it would seem to be a, a, a nice fit for that outlet. If not for the story of Manny of the Maroons, I don't think the Blue and Jonco Mountains would have gotten that designation earlier this year. So, very important. DVJ, another platform as well. What we're really hoping, truly, is, is to get it in the schools and the libraries, starting with Jamaica as our template, you know, extend to the greater Caribbean and, and, and the world, you know, U.S., Canada, and, and so forth. You know, we'll see what happens from there. And hopefully, this will allow me to continue to tell these kind of stories. I hope so. I look forward to the next one. All right. Thank you very much. Roy, thank you very much, and keep up the good work. All right, you're most welcome. Have a great day. Roy's mission to get this film seen by as many people as possible is a good one. It's an inspiring film, so hopefully lots of people will get to see it and be inspired. Okay, let's hear some more music, and then we'll be right back with Mama G. Here are the Uprising Roots with their latest song, Black to Eye Roots. You're listening to Paradigms at Paradigms.life.
Science Foundation in Africa Addis Ababa Colonial state master came and steal our culture Then them carry I and I all over the world In a them shackles and them chain But I and I are so bad still Black to our roots Black to our roots the Uprising Roots with a song called Black Two Eye Roots. And now let's hear the first part of my conversation with Gloria Sims, Mama G, the Gamang of the Maroons. 
And before we start, I just want to tell you, Mama G has a pretty strong accent. The easiest way to really get what she's saying is not to try hard to listen, but to just relax and let her words wash over you. And you'll get what she's saying. Some of the words will immediately register in your brain. I found that listening to her interview a few times made it possible for me to really get more out of it. She's a very wise woman. So here's Mama G. Good, man. I'm doing all right. How about you? Well, I'm giving some praises and just holding the vibes, you know? I'm so glad to know that you're going to be going to New York for the premiere. Yeah, I'm going to go, yeah. That's good. Just get the permission, yeah. Are you going to dress like Nanny? Mainly when I appear in public, that's how I am. I thought I look like in the movie. So tell me about making the movie. Well, it was one of those things, like, shortly after I've been honored as Gaman in Suriname, I saw, you know, that they were pushing up some pictures with me. And, you know, one of them, particular one I saw where they put Nanny after Maroons, and my pictures, I was saying, what's this? But we've been talking together at conferences about doing a documentary on Nanny because nothing has been really done for her, you know, and differently than Hannah and her as a heroine. And so we know she's a mother of the nation. So, you know, we, got, we were talking, you know, together as Maroon and telling it our way because so much time the story is told and it's not correct. So... We finally, they were there and they were talking about it. And then finally, when I came back there and, and was here for a little while, they called me. That is before I did the installation here, but I was already honored and blessed in, in, in Suriname. They called me and asked me if I would, you know, really do the role. I was kind of taken back because of what was happening at the same time in my life, you know. Being the gaman is like equivalent to Unani was, you know, as a leader of the Maroon. And she acted in the capacity of a queen mother from those times, even though they just mentioned her as Nani, you know. So when they asked me and I realized that, you know, it was the same thing like what was happening in my own life, then I would be doing just the movie and then the real life was already going on. So that's how it happened, you know. Those two things happening at once, you being installed as, I'm going to say it wrong, Ganama? A Ganama, yeah, a Gama. A grandmama had a grand, a grandpa, the grand one, the grandman of all the Maroon community and all the colonel and all the Maroon affairs. It's the first that, they have, that the Surinamese people has even given it to a woman in that way. Since they are, they've been doing, having this cycle there, you know, but they think that it is needed, even though Jamaica, you have the colonels, you have a council body of elders, but they still have elders that they consent, but they have a king or a queen that is over all the colonels. And in Suriname, they call them chief. Evaluating what they asked of me when I was there, they were evaluating that the governance that we preserve here had something missing, you know, make really as the power to of authority. So they said, well, that's it. The gammon is missing. The gammon is the pillar of the land. 
He's the intercessor of the people, you know? And he kunde massa. That's what they call them sometimes, kunde mama for the woman because it's the first in since they've been in the West that they have really installed a woman like this in the West. In Suriname it's only men who are gaman. What is the day of Gamang Gloria Sims Mama G who is carrying this work uh-huh. into the world and being this person? What is what does that look like? It is it is difficult at times. Even though it looks glamorous, it can be difficult because our people is at a stage where they lost so much, they don't understand a lot of things. You know that I have to move in protocol and I have to move with certain form of diplomacy. At the same time, I have to work with the people. So it's hard educating them as to your diplomacy, what you can do, what, what you can, uh, you know, what you should do. There's a lot of hunger. There's a lot of fury of people over the years, over many generations, chronic injustices and never gotten any, any um, attention. And so everyone is coming with that attention to you. In the village, I have problems of leaders rising up and they, you know, they just can't wait and they don't understand the spirit and everybody is pushed by the dollars. And, you know, it's kind of hard with a lot of tourism. You know, we did see the, the, the culture as, you know, that tool to sell tourists and it's the biggest industry in Jamaica attract a lot of different, different things in the culture and a lot of people who would anything to be something that they know they are not, you know, in the culture. And all these things they come up and say, it's kind of hectic, you know, but I go one day at a time and dwell on the spirit for guidance and these things, it's Difficult at times to make decisions and yeah, as to your work and what you know the spirit has empowered you with or um, endure upon you. Well, and you're teaching the traditions and people want it. Well, I try now, you know, to maintain the peace. That is one of the things I, I was coming to that tell you. It's all about peace to show people what life will teach you because of weaknesses that you already have and how you to build up your strength around the weaknesses, how you face life challenges, you know, and, you know, all these survival skills that we have in our DNA of how to survive in situations when life challenge faces you, you know. I think there's a lot for me to share in this time because life is really difficult these days and people everywhere want to know what next to do. They are run out of ideas. They don't know what next to do, you know, and how... We take it one day at a time and live for many generations in the situation that we are living. And now it is what people look upon as sustainable and we can now teach it to the world, you know, and teach that peace of mind, um, how we find peace, how we still maintain love, how we can go out there and deal with individuals, you know. And still maintain that kind of love, even when you know that they don't love you. So that's not the way people looking at it any anymore. You understand? And I will like us because people don't realize because people know me and I quarrel with them. People they still think I I do. I think I'm totally different in the way I think and the way I do things. You know? So it's kind of a contrast sometimes. But I'm learning also to deal with that, yeah, learning, because I love to learn everything. Well, if you don't keep learning, then it, we become dead. <laughs> yeah, you but, don't stop learning, you know? 
whenever you come up on a difficulty, you better learn about it, you know, instead of cry about it, learn about it, because there's something for you to learn. We'll be back with the second part of my conversation with Gloria Sims, Mama G, the Gamang of the Maroons. After this music, this is the Uprising Roots with their song, Might Can't Beat Right.
That was the Uprising Roots' Might Can't Beat Right. And now here is the second part of my conversation with Gloria Sims, Mama G, and then we'll be back with some more music and close out the show. And you just said something really important, which is, you know, it's about continuing to bring the love even when people don't love you back. And that's hard. Yeah, because, you know, not everybody know love. Some people just talk. If it's not a talking thing, it's a doing thing. So people would think they're doing you the best thing when they're doing you the worst thing because they don't know what goes with you or whatever hurts you sometimes don't hurt the next person. So you have to have a lot of forbearance. You have to understand. And if you know better, or old people always say, who know better, do better, you know? When I personally come upon people, I know that they never, they don't know it. So people can't give you what they don't know. So they, there is a time to teach them. But nobody has no patience with that, you know? Even first night I was at a meeting and I was saying to people, you need to gel, you need to find some way to bring that unity. And they're not up to that. They're talking about enemy and all these things, you know? And they're not up to that, you know, right now. So that's how all the world sees. But I know that the most powerful thing in the earth, different from life, is love. And love can change things, but love has a different stock way to do things, and it looks like you're stupid. It looks like you're not doing nothing. It looks like you're doing the wrong thing and all these things. But in the latter end, the impact and the result is going to be something that you never really expect a harvest like that. Well, you're doing the same work Nanny was doing. You know? Trying to see, you know, it's difficult now because the chaos situation, all kind of injustice, and people, people in the world, they say warrior, yeah, fight, yeah, they they, they come and I'm telling them I'm a warrior, but I'm the one who do want to fight. I am at peace because if I start, it's gonna be problem, you know. You don't go there, you know, for any sudden rush and you think what is to be, and it's always in the difference to save your life, to save yourself. And I think people are desperate, and that's why they go to that extreme. Yeah, man. They're anger, you know? Anger and bitter. The anger and bitter in them. Turn them into something different and make them think different, you know? Yeah. Anger and bitter. When you keep angerness and bitterness in you, yeah, you don't have to talk long to somebody to see it coming out, the way they think, the way they do things. You understand? Mm-hmm. I do. I do. I watch it in myself. I go through all of these things. You know, I think we, we all do as humans, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, and so we just think that once, yeah, it's all about fight. If I are a warrior, like a lot of people know, like they would come to push a button because they want to know, yeah, you, if you have the warrior spirit of nanny, I don't want to fight. Cause I, I, you might be just joking. I want to see something. I am serious. So... Don't try it because I'm deadly serious. I'm not joking. You understand me? Even if, have, if I laugh within it, I'm not joking. You understand? I don't like to joke around from a child. So I'm not really joking. Even if I talk it and it sounds like it's, um, yeah, it's kind of cool and way, but it's not a joke. So sometimes I don't like to talk because people will take you for a joke. So, so at the end of the day, everybody want to test to see if you really want to a fight for sure. Yeah, because they want to see the warrior missing you, and all they can think of is a is a fight. Warrior doesn't mean that that per, that, that 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 person is fighting all the while. There's many many ways 
the warrior is not so much about fighting the external fight, but doing the internal work. Yeah. That's the warrior. The warrior is the one who makes himself like you. You have made yourself an example for people to learn from. Yeah. You know, that's a that's yeah. a thing. Yeah, man. That's seriously. Yeah. Fighting is to overcome life's challenge. That's it, the fight. Yes, yes, yes. Not to fight each other. Yeah. Yeah. What's going to happen in New York? Well, you're going to have the flame, and then you're going to have a reception at the Trinidad and Tobago High Commission Office, New York. And then we're going to have a um, discussion with a few people, and I and I think I like a I mean, human and human rights issue. I don't know too much about that setting yet, but you know, there's going to be some discussion around that area. That should be very interesting. Yes. And then we're going to Chamberg Library. And so I don't know what the setting there, but there might be some question and answers and no interviews and all these things around. Well, once people see the film and then have a chance yeah. to talk with you and with Roy yeah. and, and with others about it, yeah. I think it, it has a bigger meaning than just for Jamaica. It has a huge meaning for the world right now. The timing is perfect. Yeah. Time to rise the spirit of Nani. Back with great warriors uh, in, within the world circle, many great warriors, you know, and she a heroine of Jamaica, but she's much more bigger than even that. You know, to me, Nani is a deity, you know. Mm-hmm. She's so much to I and I. Cause, yeah, because I and I had really experienced her in this life in such a way that she's not able to put words to things that has been done in my daily walk since then. But she's real. She's real. She's still alive. And all she needs is a body. And and not just anybody, but a body that carries her characteristics and her ability to carry on her work. There are times when I personally ask to control the spirit within my physical space also. Because... As I say, it's it's a warrior spirit, and sometimes you want to just chill, and there are times when that spirit wants to rise, and vice versa. Sometimes you are in that mood that within a situation, and the spirit is not with you, or sometimes you're not with what the spirit either, physically, in controlling the spirit sometimes, because certain things will just make, make it go, you know? You just see something, smell something, hear something that bring back certain memory of things that you you defend and it just it will just push you. But you know you have to control it because that was then and this is now. You know. It is really a trip being human. Yeah, <laughs> it can't get in the way sometimes, and it's to understand and make that union. Like, oh, you see the sun and the moon make a union to understand and make the union between the heat and the water, you know, bringing it together and they becoming one. To understand the body and the spirit and when they agree on one situation and what they don't agree on and, and the spirit will say, no, I don't want to do that and the body would pull away and then sometimes you would want to go with it and the spirit not with you, so you have to know because if you do it on your own, then you're on your own, you know, you have to be to the spirit in Barbie. 
balance, balance their energy. Mama G, Gamang yes. of the Maroons, yes, sir. it's a pleasure to talk yes, with sir. you. Many blessings on you. Okay, Maroons, I give thanks to talk to you and give thanks for tuning into what you're doing and giving us that ear. And I will bless you every time and bless everyone who's listening to the program. Yeah, it's Gamma G from Jamaica, Maroon. Then much love, you know. Blessing, Madasi. Madasi. Thank you very much. I hope you were able to understand a lot of what Mama G said. If you had difficulty with her accent, listen to it again. And you'll really get it. Some, each time you listen to it, you'll get a little more. She's a very wise teacher and a very compassionate woman. I'm so happy that this film was made and excited that it will be shown at the United Nations on the 19th. That's a pretty big deal. Look for the film. It should be available on Vimeo at some point to watch. You can check for the websites related to the film at the Paradigms website, paradigms.life. At this time in the world, stories of courage and liberation are inspiring and so needed as humanity faces some of our greatest challenges so far. So thank you, Roy, for making the film, and Mama G for bringing the presence of Nanny into the film, into the world again for all of us. And that's the end of our episode. We'll be back next time with another exciting interview with inspired, inspiring people. I'm going to leave you with a song now. That was written especially for the film, MacLyon singing Granny Nanny. Baruch signing off for Paradigms. See you next week. It's MacLyon representing for all the strong black women, specially dedicated to Nanny of the Maroons, who fought for the liberation of her people. Granny Nanny, Granny Nanny, this strong black woman is one of the world's greatest. Granny Nanny, Granny Nani, great defender of her people, no guy test. Granny Nani, Granny Nani, this strong black woman is one of the world's greatest. Granny Nani, Granny Nani, great defender of her people, no guy test. Granny Nani, Granny Nani, black woman you are the best. She invent camouflage and chop them. Yeah, yeah. the maroons run off the hill, top them. The enemies couldn't stop them, no way. Guerrilla warfare and flock them. Through hills and valleys and plains, yeah. She trotted through the rugged terrains. For this strong black woman, I'm so proud. Yeah. So help me shout it out loud. Them ya maroon ya no big friend. Hey yo, sound the a bang. Them ya maroon ya no big friend. Hey yo, sound the a bang. Fighting spirit is still in the women of Jamaica. From Shelley and Fraser go straight up to Porsche since Mila. The fighting spirit is still in the women of Jamaica. From Shelley and Fraser go straight up to Porsche since Mila. Though your person gone. Your spirit lives on. Granny, nanny, granny, nanny. Though your
و You've been listening to Paradigms at paradigms.life.